Yeah, the revelations now televised. Uh, a platform for you and I. And now look with full heart and clear eyes. Now, these are just my thoughts. Truth on how I feel with these topics I reveal. Please know my toll, I always keep it real. Can't face the world if you can't face facts. For your time, just open up your mind. That's it, just live, think big. Now take that. With God in me, this here was made by design. Yeah, the revelation will be televised. Revelations. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Rev, and welcome back to the Revelations Podcast. This is season one, verse three, and I'm excited about today's show. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe, rate, review wherever you hear me, and share it with a couple of people. And you can always hit us up at revelationspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on any of our social media networks at Revelations Podcast. Okay, why am I so excited about today's episode? It's because I get to interview this guy named David. David is a member of the LGBTQIA community. I have so many questions about this community, so many questions about Pride Month, what it's like to feel this way, be this way as a child. What is it like to tell people? Why must we tell people? How do you feel when you're walking around? And I'm quite sure you have some questions too. So hopefully in this interview, I ask him some questions that you would have, and it can spark a conversation. And maybe if you know somebody in the community, you and that person could sit down and have a free-flowing sharing conversation as well. That's all I got for the intro. Let's start the show, and hopefully you enjoy it. Okay, here we go. We're here with David Shaz. Shaz, Shaz. I said it wrong, but we're, we'll get it. We'll get it correctly. Um, he is a colleague of mine at the, the Columbus School in Medellin, Colombia. And David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, I, look, I appreciate this. Um, I've, I've been wanting to do this type of having this type of conversation for actually some years. Um, but I'll be honest, I wasn't comfortable enough to ask questions because I, I'm really good with people asking me questions that they're not comfortable with, but then I realize that I'm not good at asking questions that I think might, so so we'll talk about it. But before we dive into it, how about you let the people know a little bit about you personally, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I am from a little rural town called Powell Buttes in Central Oregon, Central Eastern Oregon. Right. And yeah, I... Grew up in that little tiny community, which we'll probably end up talking about a little bit later. And then um, went to university at Oregon State University, became a biology major after changing majors several times like people do. That's biology cool. major to teacher, and I've been a science teacher since then, teaching all, all the different science subjects. And about how long have you been in the classroom as a teacher? Just finished my 11th year. Oh, yeah. Vet in the game. There we go. We're, we, got, <laughs> we got some years here. Vet in the game. So we like to say, um, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this, which means this is what I do. I do this. I do this. Through and through. <laughs> so, so, so that's cool, man. And and so you, you've been you've been in the classrooms and just in general um, over your last before we dive into the topic, uh, of course, we're talking about um, homosexuality, et cetera. And I, I have some general questions and. I am very ignorant to the to that community. I understand it's very prevalent, but I'll be honest with you. I do not personally, in my personal circle, 
right? And when I say my personal circle, do I know people who are openly in the LGBTQIA+, I think that's all of the, the acronyms. If I miss something, you know, hey, it is what it is. In a minute, it's going to be the entire alphabet. That's how I feel. But, you know, so if I miss something, please forgive me. Um, but I don't have anybody that I am closely connected to that is open in the space. Now, I'm sure somebody is doing it in the background because they might feel ashamed, et cetera. But we want to we want to unveil that un unveil that shame. We're not trying to shame anybody today. So um, that's what that's what we're going to discuss. Uh, David, of course, has I, I asked him, you know, through some text messages and we got on this thing. So it's so it's really good. So um, my, my first question would be like. The. Your experience, I'm going to talk about you. Of course, you're not a monolith. You don't speak for the entire, uh, you know, LGBTQ community, but you are a representative and you might be the only voice that many people hear in this space where it can be conversational. So maybe they're talking through me and you're talking to them directly. So let's a little bit of background on on this is going to sound really weird and archaic when you knew you're coming out that I mean, again, I'm ignorant. So I'm going to say some ignorant things, but please educate the educate us. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I agree, especially in our community where we work, like mm -hmm. there's, like, I definitely feel that, that I am one of the only people, people know sometimes and feel free to talk to and, yeah. and, and also kind of give representation for those in their, our schools and things, especially where they go, oh, I'm kind of like this guy, even mm -hmm. though at the moment I don't want to, to be open and out about it, at least I know somebody who, who's there. Yeah. I think if I go all the way back to when I first remember, I think the first time I can remember like realizing that I was different than like my peers and things like that was probably in the fourth or fifth grade. Okay. So this is, back. this is nine and 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Just super. Yeah. I didn't have a word for it. I didn't know what it meant to, to be gay or what it meant to like boys or girls. I, when, I mean, all my, friends who were boys were all flirting with girls and I just had no interest in that and I didn't have any interest really in flirting with anyone but but they were all like experimenting with dating and things and I was just like yeah it's, I'd rather just like go ride bikes or something like, like something yeah. any, anything else and so it wasn't really until seventh grade that I started to be able to put a word to it and where in seventh grade kids started using the word oh in in my time and when I was growing up um uh, that's gay was used a lot i'm really really I happy to hear that that's not that's not so common anymore but yes yeah yeah and so that was that was really common right about the time i went into middle school and so that's when i started learning what it meant to be gay and i started kind of like putting it together like oh i actually this is actually more how i identify okay. and I grew up in a place, I do remember a time about that fourth or fifth grade time when I, I remember a story when I was, my dad and I were checking the mail at the, our little small town post office. And I asked him like little kids do, I go, dad, dad, could you, would, could you marry me? Like, you know, just innocent little kid things that kids do. And he turns around and he goes, and this is going to give you kind of an idea of the kind of the way my family thought about things. He goes, he goes, David, no men do not marry men mm. you had better never come home and tell me that you're gay mm. Mm. and so i'd kind of grown up with this idea that like that that was bad mm -hmm. and so when i realized that that was who i was i went oh crap this is bad <laughs> so 
So you, yeah. you you thought there was something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And explain that, explain that feeling inside. Like, this is me. This is who I am. I, but being authentically me, there's something wrong with that. Exactly. Okay. And and so it was it was tough too because my family wasn't super religious but my mom's side of the family was is, is pentecostal and there's that influence that comes down on that too and, I know about that yes sir. And, yes sir and so i was like i was started about the middle school time i started hearing it from my family like this is bad you can't do this this is not how it should be and so i purposefully like and i was i prayed in in when i was a middle schooler and high schooler and I would literally spend my time just praying, like, please let's make this go away. I don't want this oh. to be a thing. Like this can't oh. this I can't let my family down. Oof, I'm starting mm-hmm. to feel emotions. That's not yeah. good. No, <laughs> like yeah. it digs, yeah. it digs. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it was just like this can't be the way I am. I can't let my family down. I can't be this person. And and so I purposely I dated girls all the way from middle school through my senior year in high school, just trying to like make this go away and and uh yeah that's not what ended up happening but um yeah so there was definitely a lot of shame that that it felt like there's a lot of shame being brought on because I was gonna let my family down they weren't gonna have grandkids they weren't gonna they were gonna kick me out of the the uh the house all of these things and and as a kid I didn't know many any gay people at all I had no adults to turn to I had no I had peers that were gay but they were kind of on the extreme fringes of you know, those, those clicks and things. And uh, yeah, so growing up, it was really, really tough. And in terms of just trying to figure out who I was and trying to make, make myself um, kind of be what, I don't know, my family wanted me to be and what society wanted me to be. And I actually remember a time too, another time in high school when I grew up in a really rural town in Oregon, and you would actually hear kids running around going, oh, if you're gay, we're going to, these are like, these are the kids that drive trucks with guns in the back and it, like those. <laughs> and so I get it. Were, no, I know. Trust me. I understand. I understand. I, I grew up in Illinois uh, and not, like not Chicago. And then I live in Texas. Right. So I get it. Yeah. Like, trust me. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's this extra fear that because they'd run around going, oh, if you're gay, we're going to we're going to tie you up and drag you behind our trucks. And it was just it was a scary time to grow up. For, for me, it was one of the most middle school, early high school, especially were like the most fearful times for me mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's and we'll talk a little more about this later, probably. But like, that's one of the reasons I feel so passionate about this now as a teacher, having kind of these safe spaces in my classroom for kids who don't need to come out but at least knowing that they have at least one adult role model that can be like hey uh you're safe here no matter who you are those people that are bullying you can't get in here to to do that to you so um i didn't even just zoom in through to college a little bit i started coming out to my friends in early university years maybe two or three every few months and started experimenting with the idea that oh I can't actually be who I am and I didn't even come out I came out to my parents I I'm 34 years old and I came out to my dad uh two and a half almost three years ago wow whoa whoa okay so so let me let me say something wow so 21 so so let's say 10 10 10-ish when you when you start feeling different and then 31 
when you tell your dad 21 yep. years of not being able to be who you are with your with I don't know if your dad or your entire family can you with I, I again I'm not trying to get all into your stuff but yeah, no worries. but, but I, like that could not that would not sit well with me and my soul if I couldn't be myself for 21 years with my family can you tap into that a little bit yeah it was tough and I often tell people because I when I when I I think my dad was very insulted when I finally told him that it, it took, he was like the last person I really truly had to come out to. And I think he was kind of insulted in a way because he felt like I couldn't talk to him about those things. Mm. But and the, remembering when you were a child and what he said. Mm, ah, yes. Yeah, go ahead, please. And that, and I, I tell people all the time, I go, the people that are hardest to come out to are the ones we're the most afraid to lose. Because they're the ones that are. Let's not speed past that. Let, let's say that again. Because I think that, that that's strong. That's heavy there. The people. Say it again. Yeah. The people that are the hardest to come out to are the ones we're most afraid to lose. <clears throat> and so for me, my family is super important to me. I have a very small family. My, my mom died when I was 19. And <clears throat> it's just my dad's side of the family. And so if I'm like going to lose the only family I have, that's a that's a really tough a tough thing to deal with. So they were like the last ones I came out with. And I was actually, I was actually married for a few years and I was actually already married legally before I even came out to my dad. So uh, you yeah. say married. So, so because I'm confused and I want to make sure our audience understands you were dating yeah. women, but you were married. Like when you got married, you were married to a male or a female. To a man. So I stopped okay. dating. I stopped dating women. My my senior year was the last woman I dated. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. okay. I didn't know I because and, and there, there, see, see, so I'm a big definition person and there's these words we throw around. So they like, we have the word beard, right? We, we, do we understand what that means? Like when a yeah. gay man, and I'm not, you know, I have a beard, you have a beard, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, so I didn't know. Um, and again, if I'm clumsy with my questions, please forgive me. Um, my, my heart goes out to you, uh, with, with the mother thing. I lost my mother, et cetera. So I understand that, that, man, that, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So no, it's, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. That, yeah. It's bad, bad. It's bad, bad. And then the, the 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 situation with your dad with you not feeling comfortable, but then I can understand because he's saying, son, I love you, like, I love you regardless, but he doesn't remember his knee-jerk reaction to when you were nine or 10 and you said, yeah. can I marry you? And he's like, you better never. But as children, that sticks in, that sticks in our head. Um, so I was, I was asked yesterday, just a side note, and just to, you know, share some vulnerability with you. Um, I was with my cousin yesterday and he, he lives here in, in Medellin as well. And we were, we were hanging out and he said to me, Rev, why don't you, why do you never want to have kids? And I was like, do you want like my answer? Or you want the real answer? He's like, we're cousins. You got to give me the real answer. I said, because my dad, my biological father told me I was a nuisance. So I feel children are, are always going to be a nuisance. He, I was 11. I asked my dad, I was, my, my parents split up. I was 11. I asked my dad, dad, can I come live with you? He said, I don't have time to raise you. I'm too busy. Oh my goodness. Right. So 11 yeah. year old. So now kids take up your time. They are now a nuisance. So what I heard at 11, I'm playing out at 41, 30, 30 years later, I'm still playing that out in my life. And to this day, I don't want children. Right. Yeah. So you for 21 years, you're playing out in your head. I better not bring a guy home. I better not do this. And then your dad's like, well, what happened? 
Dad, but you don't remember what you said to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I remember. And he probably doesn't. He said it flippantly. He, yeah, he doesn't remember it. So, I've actually asked him about it too, and he just doesn't remember it at all. And I'm like, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, because because those those things stick with us, man. So so I I hurt for you, um, and and man, just the not being able to talk to your talk to your family, and like you say, we're afraid. And people, you know, and I'm not saying you were lying for for 20, 21 years to your dad, but you were just not being all the way open. And people like, oh, when you're lying, you're not open. You're 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 being misleading. Yeah, but what was what's the reason behind that? A lot of times it's because we don't want to lose something. Yeah. Right. Or lose someone. So that that's why. So I, I appreciate, man, uh, what what you what you've gone through, man. That's a that's a tough situation. And thank you, thank you for your story. So the married thing. Um, I don't know when gay marriage was legalized. What state did you get married in? Those, those types. Oh, I actually got married here in Colombia. Okay. Because so I've been here in Colombia for about six years. And I started dating a guy right when I got here okay. and we got married after dating for two years and ended up probably won't talk much about those details. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Long story short, that relationship ended. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so I we, we got married by on paper uh, because we were planning on moving to the U.S. and we wanted to get started on some of that legal stuff to go to the U.S., and um he yeah so we were going to actually have a formal ceremony the following year and that's why i had to come ended up like having to come out because i wanted my dad there and yeah yeah fun story about actually coming out to him i did it by email because i was just too way too afraid to do it and um he responded like within an hour he responded and he goes he literally goes david i don't care that you're gay I'm more mad that you want Bernie Sanders to be president. <laughs> and, and so, and so I, I just started like bawling, laughing at the same time. Cause I was just like, Oh, amazing. He loves me, but also uh, he cares more about this thing that doesn't matter than. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. So how was that? There, there ha that had to be a great moment, right? That my dad does accept me. And then the reconnection between like, like there had to be a, they had to, well, I don't know if there had to be, but it seems like there might've been a reconnection a, of the relationship where, yeah. you know, not, not, not reconciliation. I'm, I'm missing the word there, but you know, okay, dad, now you accept me. Now we can be closer. Yeah. My relationship with my father is probably the best it's ever been now. That, that's awesome. And it's still not amazing. We still like, we, we definitely have set ground rules. We can't talk politics, all those things that some families do. And, uh, and I, I think it actually goes a long ways to show how society has changed over, I would say about the last 10 years before, mm -hmm. because, because he started watching shows like modern family where the, okay. the main characters are a gay couple. And, and so it's starting to become more prevalent. And I think that had a huge influence on him too, just kind of growing as a person and, yeah. Okay. So, so with that, so, so you, you said something that will lead us into our next. And again, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, I was super vulnerable, et cetera. And I think vulnerability begets vulnerability, right? So if we, if we, we're both men here, um, and we'll get into that in a second, the, the identity, yeah. because you said you identify as gay. So, so, you know, et cetera. Um, and you, and just a thought popped in my head. I have never in my life identified as heterosexual. I just am right. I don't think about my sexuality because it is the norm if you will 
right? Yeah. But it, it is it is the it is the it is the norm. And and I, I don't mean well, hmm. Normal denotes. I mean, maybe maybe it's the standard. Actually, yeah, that would be the better word. It's it's the standard. There's a there's a standard set. It may not be a fair standard, but it is the standard. Um, and I've never I've never thought about like how do you identify? Well, I'm just me, man. I'm just a man. I don't necessarily I guess I'm heterosexual, but if you were telling me to yeah. look things, heterosexual would be low because I just am. And then for me, it kind of goes the opposite way. And it's part this kind of brings up an interesting idea for me because just being is kind of like the ideal. That's where we all kind of want to be. We just want to, we just want to be. And, and so for me, because I kind of am forced to think about it, being, being homosexual is a little bit way higher under my, like when I put my list of identities down, it's probably number two or three on the list. So what I've learned is this, and I, and I've done studies like with, like I've I've read things and, and I've asked people, people typically identify with what they are persecuted for. So if you ask me what I am first, what would you guess? I would probably say black man. Yes, I am black. Before yep. a man, I am black. I yep. identify as black first. Why? Because that's what people hate about me the most. Yep. That's what that when 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 life is being a burden to me, that it's because, or I at least interpret it as because the color of my skin. So therefore I under in heterosexual, I don't get any flack for that. So it's way down on the list. So my identity first is black right so there you go i think i think we i think we learned some here and just for conversation's sake i was doing some research as you and i were talking same-sex marriage around the world um in the united states it said 36 states and the district of columbia legalized same-sex marriages 2015 um before the u.s supreme court ruled the constitutional guarantees um throughout the entire country so 2015 and then just for sake of columbia 2016 um gay marriage was legalized in 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 Colombia um and yeah. i think the reason it had to be legalized is because in the etymology of the word marriage in the original form of the word marriage it was a partnership between male and female so therefore when they put marriage on the on the books it was between so literally two men could not be married because it was by the dictionary definition of what marriage means Right. right. So then you have to do some changing. And that's why um, all the way to 2015, Chile, um, 2022. And yeah, that, that seems like the latest from the from the list that I have of uh, Slovenia as well. So there's still some countries lagging behind. Um, oh, if, yeah. <laughs> if, there are still there are still countries where you can be sent to jail and even uh, Uganda. For... Have you watched the Uganda stuff lately in Africa? I, ha- I have not. Let me let me just <laughs> give quick, let me give you a quick synopsis. If you would like to be um, and I would even agree with this. If you would like to be disgusted. Now, I am I'm an American and I don't like how we as North Americans try to be the police of all the world. I don't really yeah. agree with that. You gotta let people do what they do. In Uganda, though, there is a law that you can be sentenced to life imprisonment or death for being homosexual. Yep. Like, yeah, they're not they're not they're not playing around. They don't play around. Yeah, they're not, they're not playing. They're like, hey, and then and then they came out and said, We're here to protect our families, et cetera. That's a whole different conversation. We're not talking about Uganda. We're, we're talking about this. So, so you came out safe, et cetera. And how have you seen from the time you were 10 to the now you're 34 that the world has changed in accepting the LGBTQ community? Yeah, it's, I, boy, I think back to this and I remember back in 2004 when Oregon, I actually remember the day 
that Oregon banned gay marriage because Oregon was one of the states in 2004 that actually put a they voted to ban gay marriage and before all the courts and things got involved with things so uh I feel like I feel like there's man I don't know I don't know if I can speak greatly to the the changes I've seen in the world I would say easily things have become a lot more accepting Mm -hmm. I think things are in the media a lot more um I've seen a lot more families. I think the most, one of the most powerful things for me is I've seen a lot of family structures change. So a lot of older generations saying, you know what? We have a problem with this, but you're our family. We still care about you. And I see, I see a lot more of those. Like even I have an uncle who's, uh, who's very, he's 80 something years old and he he when he called me one time after i came out to my family and he was like he was like well i heard i heard you made a decision <laughs> uh, and uh he's 80 what is he going like he, yeah, like you gotta exactly. just okay he's accepted it right i heard you i was it. like i was like you're still talking to me this is a good start <laughs> and so and he was just like he was like but he still calls me and says hey can you help me with my cell phone and my computer issues and and i think i've seen this change in even though I don't like it, you're still important to me. And I think that for me has been one of the most powerful changes mm. that I've personally seen that actually impact me on a kind of a more of a daily basis. Yeah. Right. And and I can, this is going to sound weird, but I can understand why people would say, I don't like, I don't like what you're doing, but I accept you. Um, because yeah. the religious space, especially not only the religious space, which we'll, we'll which we'll, we'll touch on just for a brief moment, but also um, just the societal norms and standards. Like, I don't like the lifestyle you you live. So I get it, right? Because I've said things like that before. I love you. I don't love what you're doing, right? But as long as I can love you, we can, we can get past it. And I've noticed that, like, with your dad and with your, that was your uncle? Yeah. And even with others, this is going to sound weird. You, as, as the person that's coming out, et cetera, you actually have to have more grace for the people and their understanding, et cetera, right? So your 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 uncle says something to you that some might might find offensive. So you made a decision, but what did you immediately say? Well, at least you're still talking to me. This is good. I'm right? so happy you're still talking. Right, yeah. right. So that's the grace and love that you have that you aren't, I wouldn't consider you a bitter person. I wouldn't consider you scorn where you're just like mad as hell and everybody, you know, that type of thing, right. even though you've endured years of not being able to be yourself so you've seen the world change i've seen the world change too um i i believe that we are almost we're almost overcorrecting. and what i mean by that is we i think people should be represented i think the the community should be represented but i'm it's going to be and this this is where i may you know you can push back on me or etc i believe it's overrepresented. and what i mean by that is if when you look at pew research and polls etc like there's a there's a small percentage of the population that identifies as LGBTQIA, but if you watch mainstream media, it seems like it is a like every like in in every aspect, and it may be in every aspect. Though I'm not saying it's not, but what I mean is it, it's it in what I've witnessed, what I believe in myself, and what I've hear from other people, and I don't want to act like I'm outside of that circle. There's almost an oversaturation or a force feeding. So what would you say to the people who, who like me in a way feel like, okay, well now we're being force fed this idea of LGBTQ, et cetera. Yeah. I would say, I would say in the United States, 
Yeah, this so, is US I, speaking, right? We're we're yeah. you know, the US audience. So totally, totally. Yeah. I think the the re- most recent statistic I read was that 7.2% of adults in the US identify as being part of the LGBTQ+ yeah. plus right. community. Yeah. Super low. It's and what people would think. People think it's like, "Oh, 30 or 40." I'm like, "No. The the world wouldn't continue to grow in population if 40% because from what I understand in my research, homosexual couples will just by nature cannot produce a child. Right. Let's just yeah. like it cannot happen. So hope so so if we have more homosexual people, we'll have less people, but the world population keep growing. So I think it's impossible to for that many yeah. to be, you know. Yeah, I think I would say I also feel and I've been kind of out of the media for a while, but I would feel like I see it a lot more. I will agree with that statement for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think about this, I actually have these conversations a lot because I also am trying to learn about i'm just trying to learn all these things too and uh i even my current partner would argue that like media is trying to is almost like demeaning these populations like even he most recently brought up uh ariel being black as being Mm -hmm. like well isn't it demeaning to just like force these populations into these into these positions and i'm like i don't know so Mm -hmm. i i also have these conversations where i just don't fully have a an understanding of it but i would say with like the lgbtq community i think my gut reaction is to say almost so with the statistic being 7.7 7. something percent that do identify openly in the u.s it's probably a little bit higher for people that don't want to come out mm-hmm. so even if we moved it to 10 percent, we'll just keep it at seven percent i think if seven percent of the time we were seeing that great but i also feel like i never saw when i was a kid i never saw lgbtq characters unless they were portrayed and this is probably similar maybe in an old, maybe in the 70s and 80s with black characters i when i was a kid in the late 90s early 90s late 90s into the early 2000s i never saw an lgbtq character unless they were being demonized in some way mm-hmm. okay and so for me i i feel like there's a power in being seen in a positive light and so i definitely can feel why some people will say hey this feels like a lot and it feels like you're shoving it on us but mm-hmm. also i think if we were truly honest with ourselves and we look at our let's say friend groups or or people we hang out with i think we're there a lot more than we know too of course. And well, so, so one, one thing, and I, I want to ask you a question about that. So we'll, we'll get to the aerial thing with your, with your partner, because I, I have something to say about that. We'll, we'll yeah. go back to that in just a moment. But my, my, my question is sometimes it seems like to me in media, et cetera, they put sexuality in when it's not needed. So for example, I'll just, I'll just give you an example. So I was watching the show and um, I'm, I'm a big Marvel guy, and I was watching this show called Haw- Hawkeye, and he needed some help with something, and um, a lady was just giving the guy a duffel bag, and she was like, here, and he was like, okay, and then the lady was like, make sure I get that back, um, you know, that's my wife's bag, right, a lady said that, and I'm like, okay, that's fine, the lady's gay, I don't have a problem with it, but it was like the show went, and I don't want to say out of its way, but it wrote that in there. And 
it's almost as if her, the, the woman's sexuality had nothing to do with what was going on in the scene. It was just, it was, so it's almost seen, it's like almost intentionally adding it in there when it has nothing to do with the story. So like, if you and I, if you and I are talking about, if you and I are talking about sports, let's say, for example, mm-hmm. my sexuality and your sexuality have nothing to do with the fact that we're talking about who won the basketball game. But it seems like media would in, inter, would, would inject, I should say, something about homosexuality in a, in a space where, well, that didn't have anything to do. That's not the topic. It's no one's sexuality, heterosexual or homosexual. So I don't know if you notice that, your partner notices that, or, or if I'm way, I may be way off base here. But that's what I see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't personally say that I've ever felt like it's been pushed in. I have never. Okay. I like. I, said, I don't watch a whole lot of media anymore. And okay. Um, but I, I'm trying to think if in my everyday life, if I were doing something, for me, if it, it's something that would flow naturally, like if I mm-hmm. was like actually lending my partner's bag to someone, I, I don't know. That's a that's a good one for me. I don't. Yeah. This is part of those reflections for me as well. So, right, yeah. right. And we don't, yeah, we don't always know. And really quick, the Ariel thing, the reason I, I have a problem with people having a problem with Ariel being black is because Ariel is not real. There is no such thing as a mermaid. It's a, and, it was a cartoon, man. So, so that, Ariel was never white. It was a cartoon, right? That was, that was my point. I was like, I was like, I was like, I, I'd never thought about it before. I was like, it's a story. It, it's a there's it's no a story. Mermaids don't exist, right? right. Like not real. So, so I have more of a problem. Just a sidebar. I do have a problem when, when, when um, movies, etc., depict Jesus as a white man. That is not true. Jesus, the the person who is Jesus, whether you believe that, that he is the Christ or not, that's up for debate. Him existing is not up for debate. There's too many historical records of that person existing. That person was not a white person. That person was not European. That person was Arabic. But that person is 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 depicted as white in most movies, et cetera, and no one seems to have a problem with that. But for some reason, when we take a fictional character, a cartoon Ariel, yeah. make her in real life a black person, the whole world blows up. Like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe you did that. It's weird. That, that's totally. Yeah, yeah. And my partner was he was he was he was asking me because he he's also trying. He's we have these really great ta- talks all the time, and he's trying to learn too. And he's just like. He was like, it just seems like it might be demeaning for the black population or even if they were to purposely add a, a gay character in there. He's like, he's like, doesn't it seem just like mm. they're just forcing this in there in ways? Mm. And and so he was trying to see different perspectives and trying to get me to see different perspectives. And at the end, I was like, it's a story. I a love story. that she's there. <laughs> so so I, I see these parallels a lot of times people will equate um, the struggle of of African Americans or, or people I, I gotta stop saying that people of African descent because we are persecuted everywhere doesn't yeah. matter like doesn't totally. matter. so so people of African descent and the homosexuality community and while I can jive with it in some ways I'm like right but hold on a second hold on I think there's a I think there's a line that we cannot cross to where like my people were stolen from their country taken away totally. 400 years of slavery slash apartheid slash Jim Crow slash everything. And I'm like, these two things are not the same. And I don't want to compare scars. So I want our plights to go in the same direction. But I've no. heard things like, well, as a black person, you should understand you like you should understand my gay struggle because you go through struggles too. And I'm like, these things are not equal. They are not the same. 
I agree. I agree they're not the same. I think, and the reason I agree with that the most, I think there are definitely parallels for mm-hmm. sure. Um, the reason I agree with that is because when I'm walking down the street, there it is. I can I can hide that I'm gay. No one looks at me and goes, "Oh, that guy's gay." Yep. Um, you cannot turn nope. the color of your skin nope. off. <laughs> so in the room, that's a black. I, and I, I mean, I did, I, I'm a pro. I hit it for 20 some years, right? Like, right. and I still, if I'm walking out in public, I can hide it as, yep. as I, I turn it a little bit. It's a little bit harder for, I think my trans, the trans community to hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some other thing. There's some other, like um, some of those gender identities that I'm sure we're going to get into soon. Yes. It's a little bit harder. Like when I paint my nails, like right now it's pride month and I have my yes. nails painted and, and those are things that are harder to hide, but that's, I can, those are optional, right? Like I can't, I can turn those off if I need yes. to. It, a person of color is not turning their skin off. Nope. So nope, don't, yeah. don't, and don't want to, and will never, et cetera. Um, you know, so, so we're at, we're at TCS, the Columbus school, and we get a lot of students who, um, you know, they are, they, they do skin lightning treatments and facial reconstructions, et cetera. Yes. I mean, in high school and how many of them kids had those, come in with the big bandages on their nose. And I'm like, you got your nose done? You're 15. But yeah. so we were talking, you know, it's, I, I teach history. So here, here's, here's the cool thing about history. We get to talk about everything in history. I can bring up any subject and it passes, right? So we talk about LGBTQ. We talk about racism, sexism, everything in history. And I was like, I would never get my nose done or have bleach, like bleaching my skin. And they're like, why? I'm like, because it's my heritage. My face carries history. My nose carries history of my family, et cetera. I would never yep. do that, right? So so that I don't I don't want to turn it off, et cetera. So let's get into a couple of things. I want to get into the pride, LGBTQ, like pride month, transgenderism, et cetera. And then I want to morph that into classroom experiences because I think yeah. it's more, more shared space. So just for some background um, from, you know, on, on everything. So pride, the um, LGBTQ rights, et cetera, um, it seems like that the the history month is actually in in October. It says October is LGBTQ plus history month, but Pride Month is celebrated in in June. So here's the, here's the thing. As a black person, I'm like, this is what black people say. We're we're, we're frustrated. We get one month, and it's the shortest month of the year. That don't like that's what we get February Black History Month and then cut off two to three days of our month. That's more yep. of a joke. But so I didn't know until I did this research that October was LGBTQ History Month, but I understand Pride Month. So what does Pride Month mean to you? Um, do you personally do you go to Pride Parades, marches? What do you what do you think we should know about Pride Month? Maybe not the history, but just understanding about this month where we're celebrating. Are we celebrating people? Are we acknowledging? What are we doing with Pride? Yeah. So for me, and I see pride a little bit differently than a lot of people too, in some ways, but for me, I, when I, when we, when we think about the history, pride really started because, um, things like police, um, police power and, and, and just blatant discrimination and, and, um let's see i'm trying to think of the name of it and i've already forgotten it which is going to do a disservice to my community but um the bar in new york that i cannot think of the name of is it 54 the stonewall the stonewall Stonewall. 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 yeah okay good stonewall see we're learning this is a learning platform yeah it's not 54 
please forgive me, owners of studio. No. Just, you know, it's all good. didn't mean to do that stone. It's called stone what? The Stonewall Inn. Stonewall Inn. Okay, go ahead. And it's so is this bar that the police it's in New York City in Manhattan. And it was especially in the 60s, 70s. That's where a lot of like trans, the trans community, a lot of the gay community hung out. And the police raided them because they were, for whatever reasons, trying to get the uh, transgenders off, get them home, get them out of the public. And so and so they actually beat and killed a lot of people. And so one a trans woman threw a brick at a police officer and that started a whole riot. Okay. And so that kind of is the kind of the initial start of pride because it was this idea that this is an entire community mm. that has been, that has been kind of ostracized and pushed out of the way and criminalized and, and Ooh, criminal. that police, that police power used too strongly in much the same ways it is against the like people of color today yeah and and so pride month for me is a way for us to celebrate one who we are that for me is the biggest thing and so i do go to pride parades i'm not actually going to get to one this year which is very sad for me but uh it's just the way it worked out and when i go it's really i have mixed emotions about because there's a lot of like marketing for companies and trying people trying to make money off of it and and all of that feels really dirty to me. Uh, but I also love the fact that it's a chance. Last year here in Medellin, the Pride March on July 3rd last year, over 85,000 people attended it. Nice. So for here in this city of two and a, Medellin's two, roughly two and a half million people, just the city of Medellin itself, not the whole metro area. Mm-hmm. But like for the city of Medellin to host a place where 85,000 people can come and just be who they are and celebrate and be a part of a march for us, that's really powerful. That's a way for us to say, hey, look, we're here. Mm-hmm. We are celebrating who we are. We mm-hmm. still have to deal with with nonsense all the time and we're not going away. And so this is just a way for us to celebrate who we are and be ourselves. And I have a harder time personally, cause I grew up a little, a little bit more conservative than my, my political views are today. I still struggle personally. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the Bernie Sanders thing, man. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. I was like crying, laughing at the same time. It was great. Right, that's hilarious. And so yeah. I still struggle a lot with like trying to understand for myself. There's a lot of, Pride for me sometimes becomes a little too sexualized. Um, But at the same time, I struggle with like accepting that people can do whatever the heck they want. I don't care what Mm -hmm. they do. I struggle with, I don't, I struggle with this idea because I understand people's concerns about should kids be seeing some of these things that happen in pride marches. And, and I personally feel that because that's how I grew up and it's Mm -hmm. deep, deep in my core. And I work on this every day. And I also am like, but also these are people that are ostracized and they're just trying to be themselves and mm-hmm. a part of this community that I think uh, kind of an official term is like gender and sexual minorities is a mm-hmm. is a term that's used now in, in some of those spaces. And, and so for me, I still personally, Pride is a tough one where I actually didn't start attending Pride events until maybe seven or eight years ago. And... So I'm still learning about those every day too. So pride for me is really important. It's a chance for me. I wear, I put rainbows on my face when I go into the classroom and yeah. I, 
but it's more for me to say, look, here's who I am and I like who I am. And I hope that someday we can all just be who we are and not worry about it. that's what pride really means to me. So that's, that's really good. And I'm, and I'm happy. And you said that's who I am. Right. And, yeah. and so, and remember we were talking about the identification. I'm like, I'm black, et cetera. I don't really identify as heterosexual. And I'm like, well, how does my identification as being a heterosexual pop up in my life without me knowing it's popping up in my life. And as you were talking, I was actively listening, but I'm also thinking, so I'm like doing it at the same time. And I'm like, wait a minute, my, my heterosexualness does pop up all the time, you know, as the way, the way I, look at women and way I look at men, like literally look at them. It's different, right? Like, like yeah. they're both people, but you know, my gaze may be a little, it's probably, no, it's not probably, it is a little longer at females than it is at guys. It is just the truth because my yeah. attractiveness is there. So therefore if my attractiveness is there, then some of maybe some of my leans and my preferences may be that way, et cetera. So that's how my heterosexualness in a short, in a, in like, in a brief way that I could think of it comes up. Um, you mentioned the flag earlier, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what the flag represents because all flags and there's co and their colors, they represent things. So I wanted to get into that um, just because we have to educate people on what the flag means, what it represents. So for context, people may not know this, but the United States of America, if we have a flag, of course we do. The colors mean something, right? So the red is symbolizes hardiness and valor. The white symbolizes purity and innocence right there. Have a problem. I'm a black dude. The purity and innocence part of the yeah. flag. Get that out of here. And the blue <laughs> represents villages, perseverance. And then another word I hate, justice. That's some BS. I'm a black person. Yeah. There ain't no justice, but whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about that another day. Um, and then the pride, so the pride flag, it says created by in 1978 by Gilbert uh, Barker, an iconic uh, pride rainbow flag originally had eight stripes. Those colors included pink, which represented sexuality, red for healing, yellow for the sun, green for serenity with nature, turquoise for art, indigo for harmony, and violet for spirit. That that's that's the research I have, right? So that may be that may be a little dated. This, yeah. This is coming from the outright international.org and as far of the LGBT community. Is that accurate? Am I pretty close? Yeah, that was the one of the very first ones. And okay. the fun fun part about the pride flag is it's changed a lot and continues to change today. Okay. Okay. But, but are we in are we I'm in a ballpark there? Am I general? Yeah. I'm okay, I'm close. And and what it represents. So you you said something about change and I want to get into that as well. So it's not just like I love how you guys call it the pride flag because when I was a kid and I saw it, I was like, that's the gay flag. But it's more than it's more than just gay. It's transgenderism, et cetera. So I was texting yeah. you and back and forth. And my 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 whole point is like, hey, I think people should be treated right. They should be treated fairly, et cetera. Like I that is I I am unequivocally on that side. Like, do not persecute people for their personal decisions, right? As long as those personal decisions aren't hurting other people, right? I'm a heterosexual man. I should not be persecuted because I'm heterosexual as long as I'm involved myself in sexual acts with consenting adults, right? Homosexual people should not be persecuted as long as they're they're performing their life and their sexual acts with a consenting adults. Everybody, in my opinion, should be persecuted if they are harming children, et cetera, like, or rape or something. Like, I don't care if you're heterosexual, homosexual, whatever. Right. Yep. So do we agree there that people should be able to do what they want, not be treated terribly for it? I agree. Yeah. Okay. So so where where I where where my problem 
and and I've talked to my friends about this. I text you about it, and we can talk about it for a second um, before we get into. The, I want to talk about the pride in schools, the pride flag posted, et cetera. Why I don't have it in my classroom? How you feel about me not having it in my classroom, et cetera? I actually want to get in that because I'm one of the few teachers that don't have it anywhere, but I don't have any flags up. But we'll talk about it in a second. But my my problem with the it's not problem. My issue, I guess, with the trans space. And maybe you can speak to this. I know you're not trans. You identify as a man, right? Yep. Man, I'm cisgender. Know. My gender identity matches my my biological identity. See, yeah. right there, I'm just a man. I don't, I guess you can consider me cisgender, but I would never call myself. I'm just a guy. I'm just a dude, man. Like, like I was a dude in 81 when I was born and in 91 and in 2001 and 2011. But now 2021, I'm no longer just a man. I'm a cisgender. That, that, whatever. So my, my, my argument is I don't think we should, we, we should be. And even with the word gay, um, gay originally meant happy, et cetera. I don't think we should necessarily be able to change the definition of words. I have a real problem with that in general, just in life, just in life in general. Um, so I don't believe a person that is born with the XX chromosome, which you're a scientist, not me, but I think that produces a female and that female has a vagina, right? And we're not trying to get, we're not trying to get sexualized. We're talking about gender. I don't think that person can ever be called male, he, him. That because the, the definition of the word, the etymology of the word him, he, male, man, means person born with a penis, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a male child, right? And then he, him are the pronouns to pronounce. So just because you feel, not you, but just because a person feels they are something doesn't make that who they are. If I feel like I'm a white person and I said, hey, I'm a white person, everybody in the world would look at me and be like, He's crazy. He's not white. Clearly, I'm a black person. And I don't think because somebody may feel like they're born in the wrong body, and I respect that, but it's hard for me to call a person he, him, if they are she, her in their biology. So yeah. do you have anything to say about that? you have any friends in that space? I, am I, am I, I have. Talk we actually you. had, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about a trans student we actually had this last year, too. Yep, I know who you're talking um, about. I didn't, and, have, uh, I didn't have that person. I was going to say her, but I didn't have that. See, I was going to just say her because I know who you're talking about, but I, it's, I have like yeah. a glitch in my brain about it, but go ahead. Yeah. I, so here's, I feel like it's kind of a complicated topic, right? So if we start just by, I have a couple of thoughts. If we start with biology and we talk about XX being female, XY being male, the mm -hmm. problem becomes that science has done us wrong and science has done us wrong by saying those are the only two options and science is really messed up in a way by educating us in that way and that way only because there actually are a whole lot of other possibilities other than just xx and xy and so for example i'm not up to date on my on my genetics but one of the most <laughs> one, it's been a while since i've done right. some of that but one of the most common ones is um kleinfelter syndrome where you end up with two x's and a y okay and generally generally not always those people end up with the male genitalia um and a lot of people by the way with kleinfelter syndrome it's like one in 600 men have klein kleinfelter syndrome so one in 600 men have two X's and a Y. Okay. 
Uh, and most of them only have only anywhere between 25 and 50% last time I checked, which was a long time ago. So that number might be off. Um, a very small percentage of them actually ever find out that they have Kleinfelter syndrome. I might have Kleinfelter syndrome and not know it. And so there are a lot of other variations besides XX, XY, there's XX, there's XXY, XXXY, there's, um, there's XXX, there's all kinds of different things that produce, uh, different, different biological situations. And so, um, there was a situation where, and a lot of these things don't ever actually show up unless you are getting tested for them specifically, or you have another medical condition that shows up. Yep. There was a 60 year old recently, I forget where, Oh, I should have looked up some of these details beforehand, but, um, who was having stomach pains and the doctors, Oh, you, you probably have a hernia. Let's go check. Let's go do some imaging and check this out. And so the guy was like, okay, I've got all this pain from a hernia. Turns out this man with male genitalia also had a uterus. Wow. Okay. And so, and so biology does produce situations where in that case, what, what kind of, are we going to call, are we going to use he, him or yeah. she, her, or yeah. Yeah, because no, it's, it's you know what I mean on that no, situation. It's, complicated. Like, it's not black and white. It's it's not black and white. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand it's not black and white. But I guess I'm not. So I guess in the in the one out of 600 males who have that, then sure, they can pick. But I am not into people. OK, and here's well, let me let me let me let me fix what I originally said. I'm OK with identity with people identifying who who are not males as males i don't want to participate in calling them something that i don't believe they're not like that like to me that's it's just it's a thing it's a hang-up and i'm not saying that i will never get over it but as we record this today it's hard so yeah this story i I took i have another podcast i call the black minds matter podcast and i i said this story on the podcast um and i'll share it with you this is about a student not at our school i know the student you're talking about and of course we're not going to name that student but i know i know of a student in Texas, okay? And this student, we're gonna change the names for safety, et cetera. So there's a student who was born um, Michelle, but Michelle wants to be identified as Michael. And I have a friend of mine who works with this student and the friend does not believe that like in the transgender, like, well, I can't say believe, but just doesn't want to like, I don't wanna call Michelle a him because that's a girl right? That's a, like, that's a girl. I don't want to. So this is what I told my friend to do. I said, Hey man, this is what you do. I said, names don't have, names aren't genders. Michelle or Michael, it doesn't really matter. It just is like, just call the person by their name. A name is not like a pronoun. I said, but when it comes to the pronouns, all you do with what I told him to do, be honest, and maybe I was wrong for this. I told him to only refer to the student as the student's name, never he, him, she, her. And I said, the reason you do this is because you never call somebody a pronoun to their face, right? I Like, I've never called you, David, he or him to you. When I'm talking about you to somebody else, I'm like, like, who said that? He said that, and I'm pointing to David. But if I'm talking to David, I don't say, hey, he, or hello, him, right? So I told him, I said, so whenever, you know, the, the, the principal asks, where is Michael? Don't say he is in the bathroom because you don't necessarily want to, you don't believe in that or whatever it is, but then you don't want to say she because you don't want to get fired. So just say Michael is in the bathroom because you're you're just saying the person's name. And it's not a disrespect, but 
there are people who feel like, and I don't know, let me, let me fix that because this is, this is a true podcast. There are people, including me, and we feel like we are being forced to say things that we don't agree. We may support the life, but I don't want to call a person who's a girl, a boy. I just don't. And I'm being forced to do that. And I think, and from what I, what I listen to, what I read, what I hear from people, that's actually the frustration more than the pride. We could like live your life how you want, but when you're making me change how I talk to people, that's where a lot of friction is, is happening. Yeah. My, my pushback on that would be, and I don't want this to sound crass in any way, no, no, please, but almost, please. But almost no, like, no. almost like, almost why does it matter um like why does because let me let's take our this the student we had last year who won't be named or any of that Mm -hmm. but but i knew this student many years ago as a female female name we'll call Mm -hmm. they don't have gender is a tough one right for so for me and we'll talk about how i see gender here a little bit Mm -hmm. in a second but and when and we had a whole thing where the school brought in a, a community and we we got to learn about um what it was some some experiences of what it's like to be transgender and things like that and officially the parents supported the student really well and they changed all of i'm going to use i'm going to call him him because that's what he he wants to be called and they changed all of that in the system and so they his pronouns and his name and all of these things and even today if if nobody he's talked to me a lot about his own experiences if nobody knows that he's trans, he looks like someone who on the binary male, female, very much looks like a boy. Mm-hmm. And so he's even told me that he, he told me the first time he was so happy that he was out in public with a with a girlfriend of his. And he was like, yeah, you guys look like a, the some some uh, person at a uh, at the park or whatever. I was like, oh, you two look like a great couple. Do you want and the guy looked at the girl do you want to get your boyfriend uh, a gift or something? And, mm-hmm. and so this guy had no clue that the student was trans, mm-hmm. but just identified him based on how he felt and how he looked and things like that. And that for him was like the best day of his life. Cause he was just mm-hmm. like, this is such a great experience to mm-hmm. be acknowledged about mm-hmm. who, who he, who he, I can just say who he is. Cause yeah, like, no, that's, that's what he goes for, for. And and for me, when I think about gender, the problem and the problem for me with words is that the where the point where I would disagree with you on the whole changing of words is that that's kind of what language is, in my opinion. I'm not an expert on language; I am just a mm-hmm. scientist. But but for me, I feel I feel like language changes all the time. And mm-hmm. and where at what point do we say like the use of pronouns is not allowed to change, but some of these ridiculous words that Gen Z are coming up with are now words that. Well, my, my pushback to that is I'm, we just need a new word. So I don't think you should. So that's my thing. We create, I agree with you about language. We need, so, so, so for example, we have on the binary spectrum, right? We have male and female, and now we have trans woman, trans man. So we changed the name. We added trans to it, transitional, right? To change it from what, from what I understand. So what I'm okay with calling somebody a trans male or trans female, because it is different than a woman or a man, in my opinion, because woman and man were already taken. So I'm okay with, with what you're saying. Language grows, but I don't, 
my, my general philosophy in life is this. Uh -huh. Nothing can ever mean what it didn't originally, like what it never originally meant. Exactly. So so I always like to use this, for example. So take, I'm a historian. So take um, the Mona Lisa uh, by Da Vinci. I cannot in 2023 say, oh, the Mona Lisa means this. The only way to know what the Mona Lisa means is to go back, dig up Da Vinci, revive him and say, you made this, you created it. What does it mean? The only the originator. So the originator of male, male, female, um, male, female, him, her, etc. These people were thinking in a binary spectrum, binary mind. So if we are going to call people born with penis who feel like a female, we need a new pronoun. I'm I'm only arguing that him, her, I mean, well, him, he, sorry, denotes male according to the person that created the word. So it, it's sort of like a nerdy thing I'm doing here. Yeah. I'm like, let's come up with a new word. And whatever new word is, then I will call that person a new word. That's what I'm getting at. I like that. I And in terms of like, I see what you're saying. I've never thought about that before. I will then argue <laughs> this is good. This, this is I love this. Do here. This is perfect. I'm just going to Google this really quickly. List well, of pronouns. Because we have, and this is the part where I struggle a lot for me, because I, and I'm learning every single day. There are, I won't, there are so many new pronouns that are coming to light that are being, I don't know where they're coming from. I have to look up where these things are <laughs> right. coming from because I don't know. But um, like, like pronouns like XE and, and, and I don't know what they all mean. And so I'm really ignorant myself in some yeah. of those things. And so you can't keep up so, with them all. It's impossible to keep up with them. And so I feel like I feel like that kind of leads down down that idea of creating new words. Yes. The tough the reason that the other kickback I'll give is kind of my own the way I see gender is that so for me personally, I biologically am a male. I feel like a male i think i identify with the binary male female fine for me yep are there days where for me personally where i like to do more feminine things like paint my nails or yep. you know if society was a little bit different and that's going to be a key point that i just said there i would be more than happy to wear a dress to work every once okay. in a while and you know what i mean like yeah and so but what stops me from doing that a lot is kind of my own societal fears like society says that is men don't wear dresses and nah. and things like that so right. for me personally there are definitely definitely days where i'm like oh i feel a little more feminine today i want to like i don't know i want to put glitter on my face or mm -hmm. there are things like like that I, I, or, I, I float in a feminine space as well because i'm a human and we both have masculine and feminine i have never once thought in my life i want to wear a dress today that is never like it's amazing yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying anything wrong and I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but after, like, I didn't know you were gay until, like, the first couple of months, like, when, you know, I came into school in the middle of the year, right? Yeah. And Summers ended up telling me just in a conversation, just like, oh, and his boyfriend, and I was like, boyfriend, like, what, like, like you were, I was like, what? Didn't click because you, you don't wear dress, like, you get what I'm saying, like, you're, you're, yeah, a I'm a, I'm a very, I don't meet a lot of the check boxes that people yeah. think are stereotypes yeah. for, for gay men. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're a guy. When I say, what's up, man. And you've never said, I don't identify, like, don't call me that. Like, so I didn't, I didn't know. It's about that hiding thing you were saying, even though you weren't hiding it, it was not something I can quickly identify. Yeah. Like David's a guy, that's a dude. And we just move on. I didn't necessarily think about your sexuality. 
because yeah. it's not top of mind. So when I heard it, it wasn't a well shock. It, it was interesting. I was like, really? Like, because yeah. none of you, there's a checklist of what's gay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I had my checklist out and I was looking at you and I'm like, no, he doesn't check any of these. Yeah. And I think that, I think you bring up actually a really great point because I think that's what, when I think about, I'm so grateful actually to have had this student the last four years mm -hmm. because because he's really helped me learn a lot. Like he's taught me so, I learn every day from this kid and he's not kidding anymore. He's an adult, he's in college and things, but, um, and one of the things I've really gotten from him is if I don't like, that's what kind of the trans community wants. They want mm -hmm. to be looked at and not be like, oh, you're trans. And like that, well, the way you looked at me and said, oh, I doesn't even click in my head. Whatever, that's man. what the trans community wants too, right? They just want to be looked at and, be and just hey man how's it going or right or whatever and and move on and i i think that kind of that kind of where i think is kind of where we all kind of go with this yeah. and well, yeah. everybody just wants to be loved and accepted like you did with your father right like yeah. like dad i just want to be loved and accepted and your dad's like i just want to love and accept you you know more more hurt there so okay i get it i i think we're gonna i think we're gonna call a draw on the on the on the gender thing on the on the pronoun thing i'm still dug in for right now, maybe in yeah, no. stations, my, my, my opinion will change. I, I want transgenders to succeed. If a transgender is a, a transgender person, they should be treated as, you know, fair, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I am. So let's get it. Let's talk about kids in this, in this space yeah. in education, because we're both educators. Um, so there's a target, you know, the store target, I'll, I'll name yep. them, public brand, et cetera. Um, if you like some of their stores, and I don't know if all of them, but I know some of them, and I've seen some clips on YouTube, et cetera, you go into their stores and they have the LGBTQ pride, et cetera, you know, you know, um, different shirts, et cetera, for kids. And when I say kids, I'm like toddlers, like five and seven, five, et cetera. Now, I will be honest, when I was five, when I was seven, my mom was like, you're a boy. Boys stand up to me. Girls sit down to me. Right. Then, like, but you're just teaching biology here at this point. Right. You know, um, you can't. So my sister's two years older. Right. We used to take baths together when we we're three and five. But now mm -hmm. we're nine and seven. That's not happening anymore. Like, no, you don't. Right. My parents are just doing the best that they could. Now, do I, totally. think, do I think it's a good thing that they didn't have me taking a bath with my sister at nine? Sure. Nine and seven, three and five. Totally different ballgame. We're kids. But we're beginning to ask kids to identify, you know, I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a niece, for example, when she was, I'm going to say 11, 12 years old, something like that. Somebody or somebody's asking you, asking her like, are you gay, straight or bi? And she was talking to me about, it. I was like, well, just tell them you're 12. Like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just a kid, man. Like, 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 what do you, like, what do you want? So how do you feel about, like, I know you said you, you identified as 10 at 10. Well, you, you began to think that you were different. You didn't have a word for it maybe until later. Yeah. What do you think we're doing with this? Like this kid thing, et cetera. Some people are very uncomfortable with it. I just want to get your, your, your yeah. feelings. I just had a friend down visiting who gave me a, like we would, I hadn't talked to her about this podcast or anything. And she kind of actually asked me because she wanted my opinion because she has two kids who are three, three and four, I think. And and she was really kind of like, 
wanting to know how to talk to her kids about some of these things. And I'm just like, ah, for me, this one's really tricky because, because I think I, I kind of go the same, same route. I kind of went earlier. I kind of go, I don't think it's our business to be asking kids what they are. I don't, I would never in a million years ask a student, right. I would never ask a student, Hey, are you gay? Or is that kid gay? That's like, that's just crossing a line for me that I, I don't feel it's just not, it's a personal thing that I don't think needs to be discussed with someone who's so for kids, I think, I think I grew up in a place where I didn't have a lot of education on this thing. So for me, not having a word at 10 might be different than a family that it, that teaches their kids at a younger age what it means to have to be a part of sexual diversity or what it and those like I have a friend in the states who who from a very early age was like you know what taught their kids from a very very early age that they could be whoever they wanted and and oh look that person has two dads that person has two moms and all this stuff's okay and kind of putting the words and having those conversations with kids I don't think anything, I don't think anything's going to make a kid gay. I don't think anything's going to make, like, that's going to happen on its own if it is a thing, right? Hmm. Uh, if it's, if it's a thing for them, if that's who they are, that's what they're going to be. I don't think, and it is not one thing in my life that said, oh, David, you're going to be gay. I don't think a shirt when I was four was going to change that. I don't like the idea of putting things on kids that put their identities or possible identities or make them say things that they don't know anything about. I struggle with those kinds of things a lot. Okay. And so even when I was having this conversation with my friend, I was like, man, I don't really know. Uh, it's just in terms of target. I don't, I would like, I don't know much about this situation. I haven't looked it up. I've heard, I heard in the background some things, but um, I wouldn't personally want my kids wearing, Hey, I'm gay or I'm trans yeah, I, or those I, things. I, but I, I also, I also don't know personally. I don't know how young a person can know that they're trans or gay, or I just don't know yeah, enough of this five, the biology. You're just five, man, you're just a kid. Yeah. Like, I, like I just have, I, I know maybe I'm old and I know I lean conservatively in a lot of ways, et cetera. My friends have, my friends have educated me that I'm a lot more conservative than I, than I've ever realized, you know, which is fine. And I mean, you know, I am what I am. And again, yeah. but they're kids. I just like, I, I wonder I though, the I, only, the only pushback I'll give only pushback I'd give on that one is, I think even five-year-olds start to flirt with girls or, or maybe it's, maybe. it's a tough, I don't, there's a weird line. I don't know where that all begins Man, though. Right. Five so, was so long ago. That was literally 36 years ago. I do not remember five. But very. Much. I don't either. But yeah, but yeah it, it's weird. So, so you said something that, that I wanted to get your opinion on. So earlier you said something like the, I, the adults identify and we're, this is actually about kids. Adults identify as gay seven to eight percent. And even if we let's say we let's say we we double that for those who don't want to to identify, it would be 14, but let's for conversation say say it's 10 to 12 percent, right? Okay. So yeah. I looked up a report um in 2021, uh, and it says a report from the CDC um released on Thursday, this is 2021, um, reveals that nearly one-fourth of high school students now identify in the LGBTQ space based on 2021 data data from 17,508 students in 152 schools across the United States. In contrast, 
identified as heterosexuality. So my question is, as we begin to talk about this more in schools, we're going to talk about our personal preference, I mean, our personal situation in our school, and we're going to illuminate that it might be a larger thing, uh, a larger um, uh, topic, you know, overall. But I would, I actually think we do influence people into maybe trying new things, um, et cetera, because we, we repeat what we see, right? So I believe if 25% of our students, according to the CDC, right, if 25% of our students are identifying as LGBTQ, that is, that's, that's high, man. That's a large percentage. So you would have to ask yourself why. And I would say partly because people feel more comfortable coming out, et cetera, great. But I mm -hmm. also think those people that don't know, they may say, well, I'm going to just identify in the, in the, can I, can I sum it up by the queer community? Can I, can I do that and not get in trouble? I, it's fine for me. I don't, okay. I, yeah, don't I don't, know I don't personally, I have never really identified as queer or being, but. It's I kind of am lumped into that. Group. I don't even know what yeah. me. I thought I just thought it was okay to say it. See, I don't again, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I'm not trying to be. Yeah. If queer is offensive, please forgive me. But I do believe that our that our media, I believe that our social influence, et cetera, and I believe I'll be honest with you. I think there is just a there. There's a praise for for LGBTQ now that some kids might want to seek, and they may identify that even though they don't necessarily feel that way just because it's now cool to be gay or, or heterosexual or trans. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Because 25% is a lot, man. It's hot. Yeah, High I, wonder, I wonder, uh, I know, I, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't know how I, yeah, that, that, that one's tough for me. That, that seems high. So I'm like, because I, if you took a poll in 1995, when I started high school, I bet you it wasn't 25%. Yeah. So what yeah. changed? Yes, the openness and more accepting. I agree with that. But I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't believe a fourth of my classmates at Champaign Central High School, even if you took a silent poll, and even if they were being completely honest, I don't think 25% of us would have said that we are homosexual. Yeah, I wonder if one of the things I am totally good, I am totally open for with high school kids, especially because high school kids are doing sexual things. Not all of them, but I wonder if this, I wonder if there's kind of, there might be like maybe an over-representation because I think a lot of people are starting to become more, I don't know the right words to use, maybe flexible with their exploration of their sexuality. And, and I wonder if, so for me, for example, while I was, I don't want to use the word exploring because I wasn't exploring, I was in survival mode. I actually originally came out as bi, as okay. bisexual. And part of that was is to kind of hide, mm. make it maybe like to make it better that I was still into girls or something softer like that. Landing. <laughs> softer landing? Softer like, landing, yeah. Yeah, yeah softer landing, yeah. Okay. For, for me, that was more of a survival instinct. But I think today a lot of, I find especially in the US, a lot of kids are a lot more open-minded and think when it comes to these kinds of ideas. And... I don't have an explanation for it other than maybe when kids are exploring their sexuality that they're putting themselves into a category that's that uh, in their exploration they're working mm -hmm. with. I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I don't have a great explanation for that at all. It, it, I just know, I just know like 
kids are heavily influenced, like the way they dress, yeah. the music they listen to, et cetera. So yeah, I think we would be naive to believe that sexuality is not a part of that influence, right? If we had a, I mean, like the, we, we've been having a lot of kids lately with, um, who, who are being more on like um, prescription drugs, et cetera, because of a lot of music is saying that that's something cool. Percocets and et cetera, et cetera, and Molly's and all of this, and they're being influenced. So I just think that there is some influence there um, because 20 years ago, I mean, I was in, I was in high school again, like I said earlier, 1995. I think that there, I know I had some gay people at school and I could identify like they, they some of them checked the boxes, right? <laughs> they, that, that checklist that I have of if he's gay, right? But I don't think it would have been 25%. So we, we know that. So, so let's talk about how it, how it infiltrates the classroom, right? Since we're both teachers. Are you okay with transitioning to that? Yeah. Okay. So we have the, we have the, the, at our school, TCS, and in a lot of schools, um, you'll see the, the gay pride flag, et cetera, like we were talking about earlier. And a lot of teachers have it in their classroom and it's like, you're safe here. This is a safe space, et cetera. Now, full disclosure, I do not have the flag in my room. I think from this conversation, people would know, I talked to David as well. Like, I'm not against the LGBTQ community, but I don't, I'm not putting the flag in my room. I'm just not going to. But here's the thing. I don't have any flags in my room. I don't have the Black Lives Matter flag in my room. I just don't. I just, I just don't do that. Um, I don't fly flags. Um, I wear things that, that show my, my beliefs or whatever. And it may be able to cause conversation, for example, for the viewing audience, I have red, black, and green beads. I wear these every day, representative African Americans and African American culture and all the, in our ties to Africa. I wear a pendant, uh, like a little necklace. It has the cross on it. I believe in Jesus. It's just me as a person. And this is weird, but my mom's ashes are in this thing as well, right? We have my mother cremated and we, and we shared it, but it also has a cross there. So I sort of wear my thing. So I don't wear a black, uh, Black Lives Matter, I don't fly that flag or whatever, but at our school in particular, that flag has, like, the flag has been a point of contention. So you want to talk about that a little bit um, from our personal experience and, and let people know how you feel about flags being in in classrooms and schools. Yeah, I I am on the flip side of that. I, I, I put two flags in my room. I fly the progressive fly, pride flag, Okay. which is the one with uh, six colors. And then uh, then it has the arrow, kind of the right arrow going toward, the arrow of other stripes going towards the right. Hey, I have uh, seen that, sir. Oh, so this is going to sound weird. It sort of looks like the flag of South America. I mean, South Africa, South Africa, South Africa. Flag. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. South Africa. It sort of, it sort of looks that way with the arrows, et cetera. Okay. So there's yeah. white, pink, blue, brown, black, red orange yellow green blue and purple like you got the whole thing yeah so it's got the traditional pride flag with the six colors and then it's got as you go left to right depending on which version you have because there's multiple versions of this too uh the white and blue and pink are for the trans community the brown and black are for the are for people of color and so oh, okay okay cool see education platform man i you're teaching me continue on yeah yeah, so I I hang that one is because I feel like it's far more. It's it helps me one it helps me justify it a little bit by saying look at all of the communities I'm including, but also because it's my way of saying look I don't it's been just another way for me to say look in this classroom I don't think I have to say it, but as a kid if I had any 
and granted I went to public schools in the States as a private school. It's a little bit different situation politically. Um, I mean, maybe not actually depending on the place, but like, um, it's my way of just saying, look, I don't have to say it, but here's for those of you that need to see it. We don't have to talk about it. It's just a symbol that says, look, you're safe here. There's nothing I do. That's going to outright try to be like, Hey, you're gay. And looking at a flag is not going to say hey, you're gay. And so there's when parents, there's a small group of parents that don't want this kind of influence on their kids. And I would push back to them going, I'm not trying to influence anyone. I'm just saying, hey, look, I believe with all my heart and soul, like all the other teachers in the school do, you are safe in this class. I'm just showing it in a way that also represents me uh, that kind of says that. Can you can you explain the word? So I actually had this um we had an administrator who the administrator, I will not name this person just because they didn't give me permission to name them on the podcast. But uh, I was in one of the meetings and afterwards, the administrator came to me and said, it looked like you had something to say, but you didn't say anything. And I said, I didn't because um, I, I I have some frustrations because with the with the meetings that we have, we talk about a lot of diversity, but the only diversity we're talking about is the LGBTQ diversity. Now we're talking about racial diversity, et cetera, right? Oh, so then I'm, right. so I'm, so I'm sitting in here and I'm going to be honest, this is going to sound awful what I'm about to say, but I'm telling you the feeling of me and other people that I've talked to. I'm sitting in a meeting that I don't need to be in because I'm not discriminating against people. I'm not hurting people. And like you said, all the student, all the teachers at the school, we've created a safe space. So sort of, and I just by my personality don't like meetings. Like I just don't. Like I just, uh, yeah, no, I'm the same way. <laughs> I don't. I don't want meetings. So, so, so I was asked, and it's something I want to throw right back to you. It's like, what, what were you going to say? And I'm like, the usage of the word "safe." I was like, I, I think it's comfortable is the word that people want to use. Again, I'm, I'm being a word, a, a nerdy, wordy person, right? And I'm like, are people in class are homosexual, and they may be, are homosexual people in our school? I may be in other schools, really in fear of their lives. Because where I grew up, safe meant you get to come home at night and not get killed. Safe meant, like, safe is when I'm driving the United States of America and I get pulled over by a police officer as a black person. I don't see. So so there's levels yeah. of this. There's levels. Of, and I'm like, are we saying people are like you can be yourself? It's comfortable or is it safe? Because comfort and safe are two different things. So when you say you are safe here. What is that like? What are you actually getting? Are you like physically safe, comfortable? What is it? The 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 word safe. I would like to be able to include all of those, and I. So when I think about safe, I think about um, a student of mine from this last year that identifies as a part of the community, and he was writing a story. It was they were supposed to write a story about themselves in a in a way, and he told this story of one of his first crushes, and he came up to me and he was like. I just want you to know I'm going to write this story, but I'm really scared about how the teacher is going to look at it. It was a, a local staff member. Ah. He's like, I, a local staff member. He's He's been outright homophobic to me, but I'm still going to write this story. And I want you to know that I'm really scared to write this story, okay. but I'm going to do it because I think it's the right thing to do. And so for me, that, when I think about the question, scared yeah. of what? Of that teacher. For him, it was, of that teacher taking any sort of action against him for even just telling that story. Action, and so like, like physical harm or like retribution with grades. It's more like of being a meaner to the person. Like, what do you mean? I know I'm pushing, like, I'm trying to get to the, no, room. it's good. It's great. I Fear think of, he was your life. 
no not fear of life but more like he was the, he was more worried that he would get a lower grade because the teacher mm, didn't okay. like that he was telling a, okay. a and that because this teacher had apparently been openly homophobic before that he knew that there was potential for some sort of backlash if he told that story Awful. so so that kind of goes in the face of what i said earlier where all teachers are creating the safe space but at the same time i do i don't believe any teacher in our building outright is going to be like you're gay this is a terrible thing yeah i think there's just a little bit of of fear from some students that they're not fully accepted they're by open. every single teacher. Okay. And I can, and I can understand that. I'll be honest with you. I don't No, 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 hold on a second. It's not feel. I am not fully accepted as a black male at that school. Yep. I'm not fully accepted. Here's the thing. I'm not fully accepted as a black male in education. I don't care to school. doesn't matter yeah, because true. the, the, the people that you will find least in education are black men. Like that's yep. actually the truth, right? Yep. Now we can get into why the re and, and just for the audience, so I can just give you guys some background. I've actually done some studies on this. The reason why black men don't go into education is because black men have such a terrible experience in education as students that they never want to go back into the into it. I'm the opposite. I had a decent experience, not great, but I want to go back and fix it. Like right, so so you had you had you have those people there. So okay, so so the safe space, and then for. I think you know, you know my heart, me and you have had conversations, et cetera. I'm a cool guy, uh, at least I think. How do you feel about me not? I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to fly the flag. Um, Summers gave me the, he, he bought the pendants once they made everybody take the flags down. Well, a couple of yeah. things. One, I went to my classroom one day and they had the small flag in my, in my little, the cutout on the door. I took it off. Like, like, no, no, like, no, but nobody, oh, asked. I don't know who did that. Nobody asked me to put it on there. Right. That was weird. And then Summers gave me the pendant to where you're safe here. And I didn't wear it. And I'm, and I'm just, yeah. and, and, and then the other people had to fly and I just don't. So how do you feel? Do you like, if you see me not wearing it as one of the, as one of the teachers that won't fly the flag, et cetera, do you see me as creating a, like, well, maybe Rev is not a person that I can talk to about this issue etc how do you feel about me not flying the flag or other teachers not i don't have a problem with not flying the flag i think i like it as a way to say hey kids obviously i'm going to treat this is my way of saying i'm going to treat you like i treat everyone i don't have a problem with people not flying the flag there's all kinds of reasons not to fly the flag and you've mentioned you've mentioned uh several of yours and mm -hmm. to me not flying the flag is not saying i'm not pro the community that's so good that's so it good. definitely i mean it definitely get, flying the flag definitely says hey look look mm -hmm. at me making a public statement mm -hmm. but it's also every teacher every person has their own comfort levels their own reasons their own rationalities and things like that and i i respect all those like i would as long as for me i don't think a teacher needs to fly a flag mm -hmm. this might be controversial but i don't think a teacher needs to this is going to agree with our superintendent a little too much, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't think a teacher needs to fly a flag to be able to create a safe environment for all okay. students. Cool. I 100% believe that. I don't need, if it were just me, and I, tell, I told my students this once when they asked me about the flag situation. I, if it were just for me, if I had that flag on the wall just for myself to say, hey, look, this is who I am. I don't care about any of the rest of you. Mm -hmm. And they said, David, you have to take that flag down. I would take it down in a heartbeat. But for me, it's more of a symbol for all of my students to say, hey, even though this is who I am, 
Mm-hmm. But you don't know. Well, then my students know. But if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't know. Remember, but I also, didn't know. I didn't know. For the first, yeah, I didn't know. It was it was news to me. Exactly. And so it's my way of saying, look, you can assume you don't know, but also like you're 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 fine here is basically. And I don't think a teacher needs to fly a flag to say that. It's just for me, just another way to enforce it. Yeah. Okay. F- fair enough. And and again, I believe I create a safe space. Well, I know I do because I haven't gotten any parent complaints. <laughs> and we know the parents at a private school. They oh, yeah. Complain, right. Yep. And, and, the, and the students. And I haven't heard from other teachers. You don't make students feel comfortable. I just have a rule in my classroom. Disrespect will not be tolerated. Yep. I don't care. What, and, and I just leave it at that. It's not disrespect of gay. It's not disrespect of et cetera. And when we're at our meeting, so I counted um, just, you know, um, unscientifically, but I counted five different meetings this year about the flag or LGBTQ in the school. And, my and you've counted five. I've been at at least ten. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so and my and my frustration was that again they were talking about diversity. Now, when I say my frustration, now I am going to speak for the rest of the black teachers because we talk and we're like, no, 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 this is not this is not okay because when they're talking about diversity, like I don't want to. This is going to sound bad. I don't want to put, I'm not saying that LGBTQ is not a part of the, like, breaking ground in diversity, et cetera. But to, when, when you begin to say that, then you're like, well, people are like, well, I'm not included. You're not talking about my group. So we just want to, I just want to say that while we're doing this, there's a lot of groups that feel marginalized. There's a lot of groups that feel, yep. et cetera. And right now there seems to be a push here. You know, um, at our school in particular, I know we're at an international school in Columbia, but, you know, um, it was like, I don't see anything done for the the mistreatment of Afro-Columbians. They're mistreated all the time, right? It it is. It's terrible. But I don't see anything, maybe because we don't have any in the school, but you do have Black people at the school, at least some teachers, right? Nothing is done there. So I I try to just create the space of everybody is welcome without necessarily pointing out a particular group. Does that yep. make sense? Because when you put the flag, the flag might be saying everybody's welcome, but it's really saying it's pointing out LGBTQ, you're accepted here, right? So the reason right. I'm flagged, because I, I just want to make it for everybody. And I've had, and you know, we, we're, we're working in, we're working in a, in a machismo society still, right? Archaic, yeah. if you will. And some of the, some of the kids, so for example, we're talking about the Holocaust. And in one of my classes, uh, and, and they're like, you know, six million Jews were killed. I'm like, right, but you got it. It was more than that. Gypsies, this, 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 and homosexuals. And one of the boys said, good. And I stopped at a meeting. And I, oh, said, man. I said, right. But I don't, when I talked to him, I stopped him in class, corrected it. Then after class, had him come talk to me. And I was like, I almost said his name and I don't want to. But this yeah. kid. Right. Let's call him Jonathan. There are there are no Jonathans at our school. At least I don't think so. No, so, that I know of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's say I was like, Jonathan, when you say good, you're 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 telling people in your class that might be a part of this community that you th- you would think it's OK if they got gas in a gas chamber. And I said, Jonathan, whether you realize it or not, there is somebody in your family, somebody that you love that yep. identifies this way. But you make it to where they don't want to tell you. Because if they tell you, they think you might want them to go to a gas chamber. And yep. I said, the problem is you love the person. But as soon as they tell you that they want to date men or they're a girl and they want to date women, your love is going to turn off. And I could see the light bulb going off in his head. And he's like, 
Oh, but I can tell he didn't mean it, the bad thing in his heart. It was a knee-jerk reaction, yeah. right? It was, they gassed homosexuals too. Good. It was like, I couldn't even get it, get the word out of my mouth before good, just sort of like what your dad did when you were a kid. Yeah. Knee-jerk reaction. You better never bring a boy home. But we know now, 21 years later, your dad never really meant that. Right. He just said it in a, you know, in a, in a reaction. So we, we do have that problem, not only at our school, and I think our school might be a microcosm for a lot of schools um, through, throughout the world. Um, the LGBTQ community, I know you guys, and, and I'll say it that way, like the people there are marginalized, they're, they're treated negatively. And hopefully this conversation will help people understand, understand better. That's what yeah. we have an answer. I think there we probably produce more questions than answers. I agree. <laughs> but yeah. it's 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 good because you can see a a a gay man who has his nails painted with LGBTQ colors, the flag, and a and a heterosexual man who does not who believes you should be treated well, but doesn't understand all the things that come with it have a peaceful educational conversation, right? And maybe this will be an example for other people to begin to bridge the gap and, and have those conversations. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Um, I don't have anything else. David, do you have anything you want to to tell the people about anything you're doing? Social media, maybe they want to reach out to you if you want to share your email address. Um, you can, whatever, or you don't have to, but I just want to give you the opportunity to, um, you know, have, have any last remarks, words, or promote anything that you have going on in your life. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to to add on to that. If people do want to reach out to me, my Instagram handle is probably the best way to go for that. Okay. And that would just be at David underscore Shass, S-C-H-A-S. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me, actually. Cool, man. Well, well, David, you're you're good people. I appreciate you, man. Um, I really do. Uh, and and you just being so open and you sharing these sharing these stories. And and I now understand the word why the word brave is being used when it comes to people coming out. Before this conversation, I didn't. When you talked about the story about your dad, when you said we hide it because we don't want to lose people. Ah, so that's the bravery that comes with it. And and coming out, being public with it, the the the, the public scorn that you might receive. I never really understood it. I, I I didn't. But this conversation has helped me. So I really appreciate you, man. I, um, hopefully we did some good work in the community and we've helped some people uh, learn a little bit. So thank you for joining the Revelations podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. You just listened to the latest verse of the Revelations podcast. Just had a great conversation with David. David's a super cool guy. Uh, he and I work together. And I learned so much in this conversation. Things that I did not know before. Um, his empathy, his vulnerability, et cetera, shine through. And the story about his father and him not being able to talk to his father for 21 years about his particular lifestyle, et cetera. Uh, that actually tugged at me a little bit because I couldn't imagine not being able to talk to somebody I love as much as, as David loves his father. Remember, he said, oftentimes we hide things from people that we don't want to lose. So just have some empathy, search your heart. What are you, what are you hiding from somebody because you don't want to lose that person? And, or what have you said or, or done that would make somebody want to hide something from you that is very important to them so that they don't lose you. 
It's a great conversation. David and I do not agree on everything, but just because we did not agree on everything doesn't mean that he and I were not in alignment. Okay, and that's the thing. You don't have to agree all the time in order to be in alignment. And the alignment that Dave and I had was that we wanted to grow. We wanted our the education to, to, to get bigger and better in both of our lives. And we wanted to help you all in this conversation. So if you liked it or if you didn't like it, let us know either way. Hit us up at the Revelations Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also hit us up on our social media accounts at Revelation Podcast. Until next time, talk to you guys later. Peace. Yeah, the revelations now televised. Uh, a platform for you and I. And now look with full heart and clear eyes. Now, these are just my thoughts. Truth on how I feel with these topics I reveal. Please know my toll, I always keep it real. Can't face the world if you can't face facts. For your time, just open up your mind. That's it, just live, think big. Now take that. With God in me, this here was made by design. Yeah, the revelation will be televised. Revelations.